Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 56 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Taylor Burnson. Taylor is from Seattle, Washington, where she is a research assistant in the children's mental health field. Welcome, Taylor. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm really glad to talk to you today. Start off by telling us what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I'm one of those people that has tried pretty much everything, even though I'm only 24, but I struggled with my weight and just being overweight from the age of probably seven. Wow. Pretty much my whole life. And it was one of those things where I hit it really well. I've hidden it really well in my newer adult life. I don't think people would look at me and be like, oh, she's struggling, but it was very much an internal battle a lot. And I think I dabbled with what I thought was intermittent fasting at one point in college, but it was just highly restrictive eating and I, (laughs) it just wasn't intermittent fasting. Right. And then I moved to Seattle and I've had kind of a rough year last year. And so it was really showing in the way that I was living my life and my diet and lifestyle, and I was really ready to make a change. And my colleague actually had said, oh, well, I'm doing intermittent fasting. You should try it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've tried that before. It didn't work for me. And then I was like, well, but I'm desperate. Like, I just, I want to make changes. I want to change my lifestyle. My whole thing was like, I want to change my lifestyle. I don't want to be on a diet. Right. But I absolutely had a diet mentality. I think I'm still trying to break out of that. But Actually, my first exposure to real intermittent fasting was this podcast. Before I looked up any videos or any books or anything, I just I went to my podcast app in my phone and I just 
typed in intermittent fasting and I started listening. Well, I love that. That makes me happy because most people do not come to it just from this podcast. So that People will say, oh, I started with your book or I started with the other podcast, but coming to it from this one, yay. Yeah, no, I actually, I've dabbled with the other podcasts that you're in and a couple others, but this one just is my favorite. It's pretty much the only one I listen to. It's so great to hear individual stories each week and they're all so different. Oh yeah. First episode I listened to, and I'm not sure if it was the first, first episode or just the one I clicked on you and whoever else it was, was talking about how your window was about three hours. And I was like, Oh my God, I can never do that. Like, it's so restrictive. <laughs> this is not right. Like, what am I doing? But I was like, okay, I'm just going to try. I'll do like an eight hour window. I'm going to try it. That was in March of this year. Okay. So it's just funny thinking back to that, how I've really, really opened my mind and educated myself since then. But for the first month I did like a 16, eight. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm starting to adjust to this. This is a little easy at this point. I'm not hungry by noon. So I'm just going to stretch it and stretch it, stretch it. And then slowly, but surely I was eating around like right before I would go to the gym after work. So maybe around three 30. And then, I mean, I've always been very flexible, but I maintained that for a bit, but I was also calorie counting this entire time. So I was still kind of obsessive about the foods I was eating, how much I was eating. I didn't count macros or anything like that, but just really highly obsessive about tracking everything. So this is kind of like a a carryover from that diet mentality that you had for so long. Definitely. It was like I was trying to combine like going to the gym and doing all these intense workouts, counting my calories, also eating in a window. Like I was doing, you know, I was dabbling in all these different things and I was making progress, but it was, I was still having that diet mentality. And then over the summer, I was pretty chill about it. Like I did 16, eight again, and I was, didn't really track anything. And I was so sure I had gained weight. I just like, I was afraid to weigh myself. And my boyfriend and I went to France for two weeks and I like, didn't really, I definitely didn't track anything. I ate all the baguettes and all the dairy and it was delicious. (laughs) And I got back and I had gained like half a pound and I was like, okay, this is crazy. So I actually haven't really, I've haven't weighed myself in a little bit because I just, I'm realizing that I have been caught in that diet mentality. And so I stopped counting calories. I stopped weighing myself and I'm just really trying to pay attention to my body and intuitive eating. And ever since I've started doing that, I literally don't get hungry. So I, I now open my window at like four to 5 PM and it's me opening my window without hunger. It's crazy. It's like, as soon as I stopped obsessing about it, it just all clicked. I love that because so many of us came to this from that, that obsessive dieters place. And I had a crazy story, you know, that I told in Delay Don't Deny and, you know, the whole, all the things that I tried. And even, you know, when I was first starting intermittent fasting, some people would be like, well, you didn't lose it all with intermittent fasting. I'm like, well, yeah, because I was making it up as I went along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, the book hadn't been written yet. The obesity code hadn't been released yet. There was very little information out there, but I was still treating it just like you said, like a diet, like Mm -hmm. something that I had to control. Yeah, definitely. It's... I think too, just, I have that type of personality where I want to control everything in my life. It gives me anxiety to not, you know, I like to think of weight loss and my weight as an equation. And so the whole calories in calories out, like counting numbers just made so much sense to me. After listening to your podcast for, I don't know, six months, I finally bought your book. I was like, okay, I need to read the book. (laughs) But I also bought the obesity code at the same time. So I, I've been like, reading both of them at the same time. So I'm not finished with either of them, but I've just like, my mind is just blown. And I'm just like, I, that's actually part of why I just was like, I need to stop weighing myself. It's like you're deprogramming yourself from all those years of, of control. It's just how I learned to think about my body and my weight. Well, that's what we've been told. We've been told it's all just a math problem. And, you know, you're in the science field. And so, you know, and I love data. I love numbers. When I wrote my dissertation, you know, most people in the educational field end up doing a a qualitative type research project. Mine Mm -hmm. was quantitative because I love those numbers. Mm -hmm. I love to crunch the numbers. Mm -hmm. So I get it. 
And you're like, math, you can control it. And, and food is a math problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except that it, it isn't. <laughs> Except that it's not at all. And it's crazy. I was just reading the obesity code right before we got on the call. And I was just reading the part about, I mean, the whole thing is about your hormones, but just about right. how, why should weight gain be any different than any other part of our body that's controlled by our hormones? And those aren't able to be kind of predicted by a math equation either. Exactly. Once you realize that, it really frees you up to think differently about really everything you're eating. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited too. I definitely, I'm going to weigh myself at the end of the month just because I am okay. curious. But I also, I'm scared because I, I've noticed a change in my cortisol level, literally just my cortisol level, which probably is helping me to like burn fat because I'm not so stressed about it all the time. I've noticed a change in just literally the way I see myself in the mirror. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not, but I think it's directly due to not obsessing about that number. But I am still like, okay, after a month of, I'm scared because I hear your podcast and you saying that you went 14 months <laughs> and then you weighed yeah. yourself and you're, you know, like I you're mad. You were mad, but <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it after one month and see what we're looking at. And if I'm disappointed, I'm just gonna put it away forever because yeah. I really do. I have noticed such a difference in my, yeah, just my mental health of not feeling like I need to report back to this number, to the scale. I do measure my waist. You know, I, I have a tape measure and I don't measure it like all the time, but every now and then I'll just pull out that tape measure and measure it on my waist and, you know, always in that same little range. And so that helps me to feel like, all right, all is good. My waist is the same. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful to me. Yeah. I have a question for you, if that's okay. Yeah. You're always asking everyone else questions. I'm just <laughs> curious because I don't know if you've maybe talked about it before yet, but what was your experience like kind of the trend of your body change over the, I'm not actually sure how long you, before you got to your goal. Yeah, that's a great question. And my body continued to change a lot, even after I got to my initial goal weight. So when I go back my whole, you know, when I started losing the weight, I, when I first realized I got to do something, I was 210 pounds. This was in April of 2014. And, you know, as I told in Delay Don't Deny, I dabbled with the HCG diet. Have you heard of that one? I did that in high school. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we got the, did you do the shots or did you do the drops? I did the, I did the drops under my tongue. I did it twice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I went to a clinic in our town that is owned by a doctor. So it's a physician. And mm -hmm. so you have to get a, actually you're getting a prescription and I did the shots and it was like real HCG, which is pregnancy hormone. And so the theory is you give yourself these pregnancy hormone shots and your body thinks you're pregnant and then it, you eat 500 calories a day, which sounds ludicrous now that I mm -hmm. say it out loud, but, <laughs> and then your body thinks you're pregnant and it wants to protect this baby, this mythical baby that you don't really have. And so it doesn't slow your metabolism and you just tap into your stored fat, you know, hallelujah, right? So a doctor's doing it. It has to be good. So I did that at first and I lost probably 25 pounds doing the HCG diet for a few weeks, but it just was like, oh my gosh, I just can't do this. So mm -hmm. when I got to the end of that round of HCG, I went into, there's this maintenance stage you're supposed to do and it's supposed to be low carb. And I started doing that. And it was the whole summer of 2014. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this low carb. I'm never going to do HCG again. Thank God. I was like, I'm never going to do that. That was crazy. I hated it. It's not good. My body felt bad. I'm not ever doing it. So I was like, I'm just going to be low carb. So I jumped into low carb. It was so much more enjoyable, but I didn't lose any weight. So I did that for several months over 2014. I actually gained five pounds back of the 25 I had lost with the HCG, but I managed to keep off, I think about 20 of it. So mm -hmm. I was down, you know, 20. Then that's when I was like, I got to reintroduce the carbs. <laughs> So I reintroduced the carbs, started doing intermittent fasting, and immediately I started losing about a pound a week. That went on for a while. My body was changing, you know, pretty quickly, even though it was, you know, a pound a week. I could feel, you know, myself getting slimmer. I did some dabbling and some really restrictive eating in there, but it was really brief periods of time because my body didn't let me keep up anything restrictive. Thank goodness. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I did maybe 21 days of a very, very restrictive plan that I talk about in Delay, Don't Deny and would not recommend it to anyone. But after about, you know, 21 days, my body was screaming at me to eat. Yeah. And so really, I lost weight quickly, of course, during the restrictive part, but then it like piled right back on. So very little of my weight loss was really from those restrictive periods. I wish I could time travel back to 2014, hand myself delayed on tonight and just do the clean fasting. I think it would have happened. I ended up losing at the rate of about a pound a week over the period of time. So how long was that period, just out of curiosity? It was about a 10-month period, really. And then I declared myself at maintenance because I had a goal weight in my mind of where I thought I would be, you know, and but then right. I realized I still needed to lose some more, but I just let that happen very slowly. And that yeah. was when my body continued to change over time. And, I, you know, I was wearing a size four jeans at that point, but now in the same brand, I'm wearing a zero in that brand. So that mm-hmm. just really happened slowly over time without the changes on the scale. Yeah. And so I wonder for me if, cause it's so hard to, and that's part of why I put it away. Cause it's so hard to not get discouraged, even though this is absolutely my lifestyle. I'm right. not, I can't go back to it. I was just listening to them at one of the most recent podcasts, the guy who was talking about how he just, he can't go back to, he can't fathom eating breakfast anymore. I actually had brunch plans yesterday and I was stressing about it. Cause I was like, I don't want to get tired afterwards. Right. Like, I have a fun day planned. So it's totally my lifestyle, but there is still this goal that I have, this like physique goal. And I'm not going to deny myself that I have that goal. I think that oftentimes, especially, well, I shouldn't say especially because I'm only in my own age group and demographic. So I don't, I can't speak to others, but there is a very strong emphasis and pressure to love the skin we're in and love the bodies that we have, regardless of what they look like and how they feel. And I, think that that's so great to some extent. But at the same time, I didn't feel great in my skin. And I don't feel I'm where like, I don't feel like I'm at that end goal. So it's hard to not get discouraged when I don't see the number change. But it's so 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 slight. I do see physical changes. It's just happening very very slowly. slowly. So you're still really at the beginning of your journey. And you're still tweaking and figuring out how to tailor it to suit you. Mm hmm. So you started, you said, it's been about seven months. Did you just give up the weighing recently? At the beginning, I would say, I I was kind of obsessive about it. I would say I weighed every morning. And it was one of those things where it like made my day or broke my day. At the very beginning of the day, like I either failed the day or I won. And at the beginning, I was winning because it was just like, you know, that first start and like the water falls off. For the first couple of months, I was just like so stoked. And then I would say it really started to level off and it was like a pound here, a pound there, but it was like over the course of a month or two. Right. And so then over the summertime, I was just like, I'm just going to have a great summer. I still intermittent fast. Like I'm still, I still have a window, but I'm going to be really lax. And I probably weighed like once a week at that point, but it was still, it was like, I either won the week or I lost the week. So it was just really weighing on me, (laughs) no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think I committed to myself for October. I was like, I'm not going to weigh myself once in the month of October. I'm not going to count any calories. I'm just going to listen to my body. And of course, like the first day I, I don't have any like stomach growling. I don't have anything. I'm just totally good. I just feel so great. And I think, I honestly think that that's that that was psychological. It was like, I don't think I was eating more in my window. I think I was just listening to my body and not being obsessive about it. And I just felt better. So I do think back to your question, it is more recent that I've kind of put the scale away, but based on the way I've been feeling, I think that it's necessary that it continues this way. Yeah. Really important to know yourself and how the scale makes you feel. Have you gotten to the weighing chapter of Delay Don't Deny yet? I don't think so. I'm I'm like halfway through. I'm looking at my bookmark right now. Okay. Read the weighing chapter. Okay. okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. I will. <laughs> because I explain in there, really, you know, all the times I tried intermittent fasting throughout the years. I started in 2009 dabbling with it. And I dabbled from 09 to 14 before I really got serious. It never did stick for me. And it was always because I didn't see the progress quickly enough. 
And then I can't remember where I read it, where I heard, where I learned this strategy. I just can't remember. But the whole idea of weighing daily and once a week, calculate your weekly average. I wonder if that was in Dr. Hearing's Fast Five book, if that's where I got that from. But when I really committed to intermittent fasting in 2014, that is what saved me. Weighing daily And then I know exactly what you mean about if the number's up, you feel like you're a loser that day or you've ruined everything. Or if the number's down, you're like, oh, it's a good day. My weight's down. And you could get all those emotions on that daily way in. But I tried to disconnect from anything, but hey, that's just a number. And then Friday was my average day. You know, I did it old school. I wrote it on paper and I got out my calculator and I found the average of the past seven days. And I compared the week to week average. Mm-hmm. And as long as that average was going down week after week, I knew that I was making progress. And suddenly I could see it. You know, like one Friday, my weight might be higher than it had been the prior Friday. Actually, Friday to Friday, but my weekly average was still down. Okay. Weighing once a week, you know, you might hit yourself on an, on a high point and think your weight's going up. But then you're like, oh, look, though, my weekly average is really down two pounds from my last week weekly average. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, okay, it's still working. Yeah, that could definitely work. I I have such a, I just feel like I'm in like a toxic relationship with this scale. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend would attest to that. He was supposed to, he, we're, we do long distance right now and he was supposed to take it back with him and he forgot it. And he was oh, like, no. oh my God, go put it I in your car right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that definitely, I just need a method that if I'm going to do it, I need a method that won't, you know, make or break my day or just to, just to know that, like read the, read the books and like really take in the science behind it and just know that it's not, yeah, it's not, there's no way it could be fat that's going to stay on my body forever. And right. And again, too, like I'm not, of course I, I mean, not of course I should say for myself, of course I came to intermittent fasting to lose weight, but I haven't, my weight hasn't changed in about five months and I'm never going to not intermittent fat. I mean, maybe when I'm pregnant, I will. Oh yeah. Please, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) But that to me speaks to how this really is the first time in my life that I found something that is a lifestyle. And it does for me as well, make me cringe when people think of it as a diet. And I've been very, hesitant to tell my friends and family because I was always the the yo-yo dieter. I was always looking for the next thing to make me like this thing will finally work. And so I think that my friends and family maybe have worried about me and my, like my mental health regarding my weight. And they probably would just think that this is just another, another crazy thing that Taylor's doing. Yeah. And so I actually, I called my dad last weekend to tell him that I was going to be on this podcast. Cause I was like, you know what, if I'm going to be on a podcast and like shouting it from the rooftops loud and proud that this is my lifestyle, I need to tell my dad that I do this. <laughs> and so it like made me tearful, his reaction. He told me he was proud of me and was saying that like, I'm figuring out what works for me and that that's, and I didn't even know that he knew what it was. Like, so he had heard of it. He knew about. Yeah, he he knew about it. I don't know if he would do it for himself, but he was like, because I was just worried or nervous. I guess that he didn't have any sort of background information except for like the term fasting, and it just sounds right. like I'm restricting and like yeah. And so I was nervous to tell him or any family or friends for that matter. But I've been like coming out of my shell, and I think that. Maybe their first reaction is, oh, what is this new thing? But when they see how sure I am about myself and that I don't really care if they, you know, if they think like, oh, she's restricting. It's like, well, I know I'm happy and I know this is working for me. And here are all the things that you can you can see for yourself just by talking to me how much better I'm doing as a person. If you want to see all those things and then still think that I'm doing something wrong, then that's, that's on you. But I feel yeah. like I'm... I just, yeah, I couldn't speak more highly of this lifestyle. So your confidence is shining through and that's what's important. Yes, absolutely. You know, I've said it a million times. It's the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. And, you know, maybe you've got some healing going on that you need to have happen first. Maybe something, you know, because you talked about that you have been overweight since the age of seven. I'm trying to think second or third grade, but I mean, forever. I was definitely bullied in, in middle school and high school 
in the earlier part of high school for, you know, just comments here and there. And that stuff really sticks with you. Like it, it does. It totally shaped the way that I see myself, the way that I interact with the world. And it's such a shame because it's not who I am, but it's who I let myself think that I was, was just this person who was overweight. And, you know, I, and I taught for 28 years and I, I think of students that struggled with their weight and in elementary school and yeah, it's a struggle and they, you know, it's not simple when it's kids. No, not at all. But it, it's so interesting to me now as I, it's so weird calling myself an adult. I'm an adult, but I'm such a new one. It's, but as an <laughs> You're adult, a brand new adult. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I still feel like a baby. But yeah. I, when I see, because I nanny a lot of families. I nanny for a lot of families. I always babysitting for a family. And certain parents really, it just really is sad for me because I see the way that they talk to their kids about food or talk about food around their kids and the effects that they have no idea how that's going to, I mean, the kid has no idea how that's going to affect them. But I know from firsthand experience, like even if you think that you're being subtle, like trying to, I don't know, like change, I don't, it's hard to describe because it's not necessarily like shaming, but it, but it kind of like very subtly is like a fat shaming kind of talk. And that, like, I still remember comments from when I was seven, eight, nine. Like, I think about those things. Like, sometimes they'll just pop into my head because that shaped how I think about myself. Right. You know, what do you remember about how your parents talked to you about about your weight when you were young? Did they? I was raised by my dad, and he didn't talk about bodies or he, it was really, it was like, it was actually yeah. like, oh yeah, my dad would never have talked about a body. Uh-uh, no, I, get it. I, I remember like, <laughs> what you have a body. I don't see it. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like, if anything, you know, it probably contributed because I was only getting negative feedback and my dad, bless his heart. He didn't say anything. So he didn't compliment me either. So it was like, like, I remember one time coming home from school and just crying and being like, I'm so fat. Like, I need to lose weight. I'm so fat and ugly. And he would say, like, well, you know, go for a run. <laughs> like, trying yeah. to be nice about it. But he just didn't know what to say. Because right. it's just different. I don't know. I think it's just different when you're a woman and or a, a girl. I think so, and- too. Yeah. He was probably like, oh, Lord, make it stop. I don't know yeah. what to say. <laughs> yeah. But my, my mom, she wasn't there in the house, but she was very very body focused. So I definitely just very subtle things. Like she was into like modeling and things like that, but would only want my sister who was thinner and, you know, like conventionally more attractive to be like a child model. And I was just kind of never asked. And so it was those types of things where I was like, I can infer from the situation that I'm not pretty, that I'm not good enough. And then just, I think the school bully type of that behavior was what really affected me most was peer like comments made by peers that really stuck with me. Yeah, I think so because you internalize it and you don't really know what the deal is or, you know, why am I different, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't really say, it's just your body is doing something different. Yeah. But you don't know why and you exactly. want to fix it and you can't just go for a run. You know, that's not, that's not the answer. Exactly. It's hard. And I feel like we don't, we as in, overweight kids, I guess, don't, don't know that our bodies are different until people point it out. We're just kids. Like we just all want to have fun and play games. Like, yeah, it was just, it was kind of like this objectification of me at this very young age that I learned to think about Taylor as a body, as a fat body. And so, yeah, I absolutely have to break down that schema about myself, but Right. I think that that like coming back to intermittent fasting has been one of the best parts about this lifestyle is I have full confidence that I'm not 100% there yet, but I just am gaining so much freedom from food, I guess, or from my perception of like what food was. I feel like it's like really healing for me because my relationship with food is changing. I used to think of food as like this kind of like I don't know the right phrase for it, but was like it the enemy food was like the enemy. It was like the enemy, but like seductive at the same time. I'm sure there's like right. a good phrase for this, but like I loved food, but it ruined me. And now I'm like, no, I love food and it's okay to eat food. Right. Just like do it when it works for you and try to 
nourish yourself. And I feel like for the first time in my entire life of like, uh, you know, from seven years old until now, I'm thinking of food in a joyful way and ra- oh, rather than big. stressed out. It's huge. It's, it's like the best thing. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. But you're right. You know, I mean, think about anything else we might struggle with, you know, someone who is, you know, an alcoholic or somebody who, you know, has other habits that they want to break. Food is not a habit you break. We have to eat, you know? And so we start getting all these mixed, you know, guilt feelings about enjoying food and feeling guilty because we think we're enjoying it more than we should because we're overweight. And so that it becomes almost shameful Mm -hmm. that you're enjoying food. Oh, yeah. It's so funny now because I, like you've mentioned before, I'm like a total food snob now because it's like, if I don't think something's going to make me feel good or taste good, and a lot of times that those are the healthier foods, like that transition is totally, I mean, I, I think I generally eat pretty healthy and I always did. Right. It was just a, a matter of quantity and when I was eating. If I know things aren't going to make me feel good, I just, I'm like, we're not going to go there. And it inherently is making me eat healthier. And I'm totally one of those like food snobby people now. My boyfriend and I was like, we should go to, like, let's just go to, I don't know, like Taco Bell. It's quick or something. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not wasting my window on that. I would, I mean, first of all, I, I don't go to Taco Bell. Like, I, I don't think I've, maybe I've been there when I was a child. I don't, whatever. I'm not going to go, like, I don't like to go out to eat as much anymore because. Oh, I, Yeah. Yeah, I just would rather make my own food. And I used to hate cooking. So it's like totally changed. I Food is like a friend now, which is amazing. I just, I think that alone is, if I hadn't lost a pound and I got and gained that, I think that that is worth it. It's changed the quality of your life. Oh, yeah. Like so much. Yes, absolutely. And people who know me can see it so easily. I was just having a, I just hung out with a friend yesterday who... It was one of the friends that I was like, oh, like, I'm scared to tell her because we both went to this extremely liberal college where, and not to say that, not to say that liberal people don't intermittent fast, but there was just this huge emphasis on like, your body is perfect just the way it is, which again, I think that that is so valid if you're happy in your body. But I felt this insecurity of even if I mentioned that I wasn't like just bombarded by my friends with like, you're perfect the way you are. You don't need to change. Like, you know, that's big. You saying that because that makes you feel guilty for not feeling good in your body. Oh my God. Right. (laughs) Yes. And it was actually something I struggled with. So like that alone was the reason probably for the last three years that I never committed to a lifestyle change or like 
even at, you know, back in the like diety days, a diet, because I felt very guilty about wanting to even do that. I did my thesis in college on adolescent female self-objectification and body image. And so after spending a year like researching how harmful it is to self-objectify, to want to change in certain ways, I was, I was like, I can't, I can't change my, like, this is my body, even though I was miserable in my body. I was like, I just had this conflicting kind of idea about weight loss in my head. Well, this, I've never even thought about that before, but until we've had this conversation, but that's big to think about because yeah, we do teach our girls and our boys. We teach all of our kids now. You're perfect. You're, you know, love yourself, be happy in your skin and never with the thought that there could be an unintended consequence of, well, then they're going to feel like failures if they don't feel comfortable in their own skin. Right. I did not feel comfortable in my own skin when I was 210 pounds. I felt miserable. And, and to add the guilt of, I'm supposed to feel good in my skin and, and I'm, I can't even do that. Yeah. It's like, you couldn't, I couldn't win. I was like, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I I don't. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I felt so trapped. And I think that one of the things I've just really had to kind of take ownership or like own and just admit to myself and to others is like, I'm not comfortable right now. I want to change. I don't care if it sounds vain or like against my kind of cultural values or, or the, the whole, I don't know. I'm not supposed to be caught up in that. Yeah. Like I don't care anymore because I'm not happy and I'm going to change my lifestyle. And I do want to change my physique and just kind of owning that and not feeling bad and not worrying that people are going to judge me for like, oh, Taylor's like losing weight. Like she must, you know, she must be a slave to like Western society and like consumerism because she's paying attention to the ads and like wants to look a certain way, which is how a lot of people see dieting. Right. I never thought of, see, cause I'm so much older than you. I'm double your age, <laughs> more than double your age. And so, but I never thought of it from, oh, yeah. from this perspective before. And I think it's important. You know, I think back to when I was 210 pounds and, you know, medically obese and it hurt to move. It hurt my knees. My, it was hard to bend over. I couldn't paint my toenails. I was physically uncomfortable. You know, now I'm small I'm little, I can move around, I can paint my toenails, but I still have cellulite. I still have, you know, wobbly parts of my body. And so you can feel good in your body at a smaller size and you're still not quote perfect, right? We're not airbrushed models (laughs) from the magazines, but you just really, it feels better to move through life in a body that isn't uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's part of why no matter if I lose another pan or not, intermittent fasting is my lifestyle now because there have been so many other things that I've gained. I guess at some point you're probably going to ask. I've lost at this point like 22 pounds. Okay. I started at like 185. So I, and I'm 5'8. So just for reference, 5'8 and a half. I was not in the obese category, I was always in the overweight category category. And right now I'm like teetering on normal. Like I was normal for like two days and I was like, hallelujah. And then like the next day it went back up. And so (laughs) So you're really tall. So yeah. 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 And I think I forgot where I was going with that. What were we? No, but yeah. So you're, you're weight, you're right there at the the healthy weight range then. So it's not like you have a hundred pounds your body needs to lose. No. And that's what I was going to say is exactly. I'm, you know, if I was walking down the street, I don't think people would be like, oh, she's overweight. Like people probably wouldn't think that. I might think that because when I look in the mirror, I can see like the little fluffs here and there, but that's just me being picky. So if I were not going to lose any more weight and I was just going to be in this body forever, that's okay because this lifestyle has given me so many other benefits that I I just couldn't stray from it. Right. You're going to see your body change like subtly over the years. That's what I predict. Like you're going to gradually shrink down. It's really exciting because, you know, and I think something that's been really inspiring is hearing you say, I wish I had done this years ago because you've had so much success and you started in 2014 and and you have so much life left to live. But I think, okay, I'm 24. Like this is the time. Like I can start this now and just have this long life of freedom from food, of freedom in my own body. Like you said, like being able to bend over and paint your nails. For me, it was always like 
just feeling lethargic and just feeling like bloaty and kind of like chafy. Like I just, it's it's not comfortable. I know what you mean. No, I would, under my dresses, I don't know if I've ever said this in public. I may have said it on a podcast. I don't know. But underneath dresses, my thighs would rub together so much. I would buy these slips that were like short. Oh, yeah. But they were like slips. They were like grandma bloomers or something. They were really like bloomers. I didn't wear the tight bike shorts that probably you girls are wearing, but my, they looked like like slips, but they were shorts. They were oh, loose. Yeah. They weren't constricting. Yeah. Or like the whole deodorant trick on the inner thigh is supposed to yeah. make them like, yeah, these are things that are not comfortable. Like <laughs> it was not comfortable. You know, my, I would be so sweaty, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> sweaty thighs were not comfortable. Yeah. And all of this is is to say too, like, I am not trying to say that you can't be comfortable in your body to lose weight. My point is that I don't want to feel bad for wanting to change my personal physique, my body, the way that my body looks or my body feels because of this societal message that we shouldn't want to change. That doesn't mean that I don't think other people should be able to, if you're in the overweight or obese category and you're happy and you're and, and you like, feel you good feel and good. you're strong. You could be strong. That's totally fine. But I'm done feeling bad about it. And I just, I'm so excited to own it because yeah, this lifestyle has changed my life. And when you can move the way that you want to move, I mean, that's really the key. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I told myself for those years that, well, this is just my body now. I'm just, I'm big. And, you know, I would kind of joke about it and well, you know, this just, it keeps me looking young because the fat moves out the wrinkles, right? I would say that to people, <laughs> you know, it'll keep me young, but I didn't feel good in that body. And we deserve to feel good in our bodies more than anything else. We deserve the peace of knowing that, that we're strong and capable. And Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I do go to the gym pretty frequently. I used to always just be the kind of person that was like, oh, I need to go to the gym and I need to like run on the treadmill for like six days straight to like lose a pound. And that's been another exciting part of my journey recently is I've been more into kind of weight training. And I, I always thought like, I can't weight train because I'm chubby and it will just be muscle under this. I will just look super bulky and just not good. And weight training has actually been another thing that I, that I've added to my life this year that it's been so cool to, yeah, to feel my body get stronger and to think about health and the gym in a way that's not like I need to go run on the treadmill to like lose this fat. And that's the only thing to go and like lift weights and feel strong and get endorphins and think about for me, fitness in a way that's so much more related to how I feel than how right. I look. I mean, of course, there's still the look part. Like, I get stoked when I look in the mirror and I see my bicep. Like, that makes me so oh, excited. Oh, yeah, me too. But... I, I love it, too. <laughs> but, yeah, just, like, having that been a, a cool shift in my lifestyle as well. And, of course, you know, that's another reason why the scale will lie to you mm-hmm. if you're doing the weight training. Have you taken progress photos? Do you do that at all? I do. I do that. And I, it's funny. I So I've been kind of like a creepy lurker on the Facebook page for months. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never post anything. I still get nervous about it. I have my own like fitness Instagram that's private. Only one of my best friends who's also just completely changed her life. And she's actually having skin removal surgery because she lost wow. so much weight so quickly. And both from intermittent fasting and just like working out and changing her lifestyle, it's been incredible to see. But we 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 follow each other on our like private Instagrams. And so I have progress pictures there. But I think I'm going to post one officially on the Facebook page eventually. I keep waiting like, oh, I'm not there yet. I need to like wait longer. But I absolutely can see a difference. It's very obvious that my body has changed. So that's exciting. When you're really doing, especially with intermittent fasting, because, you know, we tap into the the fat during the fast, and then we also have the increased human growth hormone. So we build muscle better. That's really when that body recomposition makes the scale almost irrelevant. You're going to get smaller and you'll be able to see the muscles changing, you know, like where's something that you can really see the changes in and we're the same exact thing every time, you know, that really shows the change, like get all those different angles. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. Maybe you have advice for this because, so I take pictures, which 
it's hard because it's like sometimes I've gone to the gym before, sometimes the right when I wake up, you know, it's right. different. Like I usually don't if I've eaten anything just because that food is unpredictable and sometimes I get bloaty or whatever. But for measuring, I also have a measuring tape. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I feel I'm not like- the best at the measuring either. I just, that's why I only measure my waist because I measure the smallest part of my waist only. And that's always right at the same little spot. So I just yes. measure that smallest part of my waist and keep track of that. And really, you know, my body does change a lot over the course, you know, hormonally women, we change a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and it could be like, you know, the time of the month or what did I eat yesterday? And so, you know, even like after I eat dinner, my clothes are tighter, you know, just cause now you've got food inside there. Yep. So I do have a couple of, you know, I have honesty skirt. really is what it is. It's yeah. like a Lily Pulitzer skirt that really is like shorts, but it's a skirt. And I don't really like the way I don't like it, but I, it's really tight. Mm-hmm. So I bought it at a consignment shop, but I can really tell when, you know, how that fits, how my body is doing. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. So I've been on the search for some, I have zero jeans that like, they all fit, but I have to wear a belt with all of them. So I can't tell, like I don't have any Uh, honesty clothing. And so I've been on the search for pants that I could get like now that fit me perfectly right now because all of my pants are too big now, which is exciting, but it's also really right. annoying because I don't want to. It is. It is. And I don't want to buy it. Do you wardrobe. have like a consignment shop nearby you? A oh good yeah. One? That's where I buy all my clothes anyways. So I've been on the search, but there hasn't been a, a good pair yet. hasn't been anything that's just right. It's probably also hard because you're 5'8". Yeah, you're very right. <laughs> there, <laughs> A lot of times the legs are the right length, but the waist. So I have like a pretty small waist compared to like my uh, butt region. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, which is great. I, you know, I like the general like physique of my body. I'm I, right. something I'm not well, that's a good about. marker of health, right? Having a smaller waist and you know being more pear shaped is a, a better health marker. So that's a good sign. Yeah, but it's inconvenient when I'm looking for pants that will fit me, right? Right. But yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely on the search for for some sort of and some honesty pants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that really makes a difference for me, just being able to tell because Sometimes people will say in the Facebook group, they're like, well, I stopped weighing for the month and I don't feel like I've lost any weight. I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, today I feel puffier than I felt yesterday, but what does that really mean? You know, you have to have some kind of something, some kind of data, you know, whether it's my pants are tighter or my photo is different or my scale is up or my tape measure is different. You know, you have to have something because the way we feel can really be off. Oh, and there's so many different things that could be going on. And like you said, hormones, like I, I have an IUD, which is great in certain ways, but I, I've had it for like nine, 10 months and I, I have no idea what's going on with my hormones. And so, which has been frustrating. It's like, I don't have the predictability or the reliability of like, if I were on the pill or if I was just not on anything. So there are so many different things that could be happening I mean, I can only speak from like a female perspective, but in our bodies that affect our mood, affect our level of bloat, you know? So I agree. There's definitely got to be something 
that's why I, I do pictures. I have like the scale, I have the measuring tape. I have a boyfriend, but he's always going to say I look great. So that's, <laughs> well, that's really reliable. good. Yeah. That's, we like that though. We so, always keep telling us that boys. We exactly. like to- <laughs> it makes a difference. It really does. <laughs> it does. Oh, I do remember when I was suddenly gaining weight, I gained 50 pounds in a year and a half. Something went really wrong in my body. Oh, wow. It was after the years of diet pills. And I think I had just, my, my metabolism was like, forget it. We give up. But I was also under a lot of stress. But I remember at one point he said to me, you're kind of beefing up. Oh my God. No. Oh my God. I felt no. like daggers. Oh my uh, God. I was like so upset. I mean, even today, I'm really sad about that. That's that one terrible. moment. Yeah. He probably didn't even think about it or he never, never crossed his mind. Again. No. And there have been comments like, I, I know my, my boyfriend is just the, uh, whatever. I'm going to marry him one day. It's fine. I shouldn't say that yeah. on here, but it's going to happen. It's fine. <laughs> and like, but he, you know, he's not perfect either. Like, the, but they don't, no. they don't know that that's that schema that we have about ourselves and like just being a woman in the society is just hard sometimes. So I'm like, what do you mean I'm beefing up? I already know. Cause I had to buy bigger pants every month. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> it's not a mystery. I'm aware, <laughs> but I didn't know what to do. That was the whole thing. That was what was so frustrating. This was in probably the fall of 2005 that this was happening. And my body was all of a sudden gaining weight, like at an astronomical pace that was just bizarre. I went from a size, you know, two to four and I, you know, I got all the way up to, you know, a tight 16, Mm -hmm. but it was happening so quickly. The way 50 pounds in a year and a half is a lot. Yeah. And it wasn't anything I could put my finger on that I was doing differently as far as food. And so I was really like help, but you know, reading the obesity code helped me understand yeah. When your stress and your cortisol and everything's all out of whack, my body was hormonally doing something that was out of my control. It wasn't like a menopause thing because you're you're pretty No, young. gosh, no. It yeah. wasn't that. You mentioned IUD, which is interesting because I did have an IUD right before it happened. And I've, I suddenly gained like five pounds and then I had it removed. and then But then the weight went crazy. So I don't know if that was part of it, if that was something that triggered the hormones. Yeah, they say they cause weight gain for people, which I was like... <laughs> remember getting mine and I, you know, I, it was before Girl, I had, help. yeah, it was, well, it was before I had heard of reintroduced to intermittent fasting or had really right. decided to change anything. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Like at this point, who cares? <laughs> I, I really think for me, it was a cascade of a lot of things that just kind of all multiplied together. And so hormonally I was in a really bad state. You know, there was that, there was coming off the diet pills. There was the stress of moving. It was just a lot of things, but yeah. what it wasn't was me eating so much more food that it should have put on 50 pounds. It wasn't that. Right. And so that's, you know, you feel helpless that it's happening and you can't stop it. Yeah. But it's really your body is, is responding to some craziness going on. That's what was, was hard. But see, with intermittent fasting, you're not going to have those yo-yos. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. At the age of 24, you are off the crazy train. Oh my God. I hope so. I hope I like, you know, I still have those, those fears because I've only been doing this for, and it's funny when you email me back to be on the podcast, I was so excited, but I was like, oh my God, my story is not like good enough. I've only been doing this for seven months. What am I going to (laughs) do? Well, you know, but it was good. And you told me you were 24 and that we hadn't had anybody young. I'm like, she's right. But I've already heard things from you today that I'd never thought of before. Yeah. So, yeah, I think too, it is a lifestyle that I, I just am very confident I'm not going to change. But there is this fear because I've been doing it less than a year. Like, oh, but what if, like, what if I need to start having breakfast again? And then I'm like, okay, that's not actually going to happen. Like, I feel so much better now. That's not going to happen. But there is always that fear that I, you know, I've been in this diet mentality for literally all of my like conscious life. Cause I don't have many memories before age seven. Like I, I, you know, I have, right. I have a few, but most of my life I've been like, I need to lose weight. That's part of my identity to like need to be on a diet. So I think with time that will really go, away. it's already started to go away so much, but there is definitely, yeah, there's a part of me that's like, do I still have like a toe that's on the crazy train? Like, have I fully jumped off? <laughs> right. It's a process and it takes a while. And I did not erase those years of diet thinking in, you know, in seven months, certainly it took me a lot longer to do it. Yeah. I think it's finally happened for me. I mean, I feel like I'm off of it. I'm I'm really in a good place and I know that my body and I are the same team. 
Yeah. And I understand so much about how it works now. Yeah. I think just like doing so much research and yeah, just really looking into the research behind, even though it's, there's not so much right now, like the, what I've read is so promising and just what I've heard on this podcast, like the real, like those end of one stories of that, yes. like there are so many health benefits. Like my boyfriend is in medical school and like many of his classmates do intermittent fasting. So I'm like, okay, if these med school that. students are doing intermittent fasting, like I trust it because, you know, yeah. they're supposed to know everything about health and, and what's good and what's a myth. And yeah, so it's been really, it's been really cool to see it become more well-known. Well, that's really thrilling to think that this generation of up-and-coming doctors are practicing it because that's how the world really changes. One day, we'll maybe we'll look back and say, remember when they used to say breakfast was the most important meal of the day? How funny was that? You know, because then intermittent fasting will just be like so ingrained yeah. in society. Wouldn't that be fabulous? I just, I just, that's my hope. That's definitely my hope. I have faith. I have faith that it will happen that way. I just don't know how long that's going to take. Well, I, I love hearing that they're, like I said, that in that demographic, the young med students, that it's it's accepted. That's really thrilling because you hear a lot of people that are being told about intermittent fasting from their doctors now, but really it's this next generation mm-hmm. of doctors that will keep it going. Oh yeah. Yeah. And my, my boyfriend's not, he has never struggled with weight. He's very tall, lean, you know, like zero problems with his weight, but he is considering it, which is to me, that speaks, I mean, he's like one of the most intelligent people I know, especially in terms of science. And so if the, my tall, lean boyfriend is considering it just for health benefits, like I'm sold. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you. My husband is, he has a PhD in organic chemistry. Medicinal chemistry is his background, you know, pharmacology, mm-hmm. drug design. He never needed to lose weight. He does intermittent fasting solely for the health benefits. Yeah. He's never jumped onto a diet that I did. This is not a diet, of course, but the fact that the health benefits convinced him, I mean, he wouldn't do anything that, that was not solidly, right. you know, yeah. backed by science. Well, we are almost out of time. I know, so, it's crazy. What, I know it really does go quickly. So what would you tell somebody just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or is there something you wish you knew when you first got started? Okay, so I wrote down a couple of things because for, for people starting out, especially if there are other people who are in my age range that are or specifically in the demographic that I've talked about with, you know, kind of the friend circle of like feeling kind of shameful about having these goals that I want to say is just, first of all, don't judge yourself for having these goals. I think that body positivity and comfortable in your own skin, those are very subjective terms. Those are very subjective feelings and it's okay to want to change because you're not comfortable you don't have to feel bad for that. And also just owning your, I know this is so cliche, but owning your truth and owning the science behind it. And just, you know, I'm currently kind of like coming out of the intermittent fasting closet with my right. with my loved ones. And just, I, I just keep reminding myself to, to stay confident because I think that if, if we feel shameful or guilty about bringing this up, it does come off like we are dieting or like we are shape like we there's something hidden something to hide something, yeah exactly yeah. and and it's not that way at all so just being confident in this choice and and then also being flexible so something that being obsessive in the past has led me to turn down certain plans because I didn't want to eat the food that was there or just not go out with my friends because they were going to be drinking alcohol and I didn't want to drink because it was outside of my window but just being being flexible. Like if you, if you know that you really want to have one of those, you don't want to miss out on the fun. And I, part of that fun includes partaking and, you know, going out for the beer or whatever it is, like, just be flexible, like open your window later and not feeling like, okay, I have to do 12 to eight every single day. Right. Because that's not how lifestyles are. That's a diet. Like that's a lifestyle is flexible. We live, our days are so different and also take pictures yeah, and don't weigh too good, much. That's a good one. Don't weigh too much. Like I'm I'm coming out of that and I think it really does change the cortisol levels, which helps to not hold on to that weight. So relax into the lifestyle yes. and let it be a lifestyle. Just let it be a lifestyle. Yeah. Well, on that note, Taylor, I'm going to say goodbye and yeah. thank you so much for being of here course. today. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N 
at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.